<laughs> you a mess. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Look, All right, a, Derek. Wait, there's a few of the topics. I just threw them in the in the. Take Twitter it away. Well, yeah, I just threw a few handful of topics in the Twitter chat. Um, we can just get to them however we get to them, and if we don't, we don't. I mean, really, we can just talk about whatever the fuck. I we've we've done super heavy news dense topics for like three weeks straight here, <laughs> and I've probably been wearing y'all out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know y'all probably like show it to the podcast. You're like, God damn, look at these fucking notes. Why is there so much? And there's there's just every week is like that. I just realized your your new handle. <laughs> Who me? Smoked out white men fight. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? Let me see. I have not. <laughs> I'm, I'm deceased. Salute, to, <laughs> salute to Tucker Carlson. If you can't tell, I have it out for Tucker Carlson. Fuck that guy. I smoked how white men fight. I, I mean, Jesus Christ, man! Everything this fucker does. That. Everybody needs to see that because I. <laughs> well, look. You knew I had it out for him. We were playing that game when I was like, "All right, name that Fox News host." And I was reading the quote, and every one of them was from Tucker Carlson. Yeah, that that I, is true. That lets you know how I feel about that individual. Uh, I don't know. We can talk about, did, did either of you watch any of the White House correspondence dinner? Uh, I caught a few clips. I didn't actually get to watch the whole thing. I did. I did watch some of it. And it was, Biden was, Biden was great. Like, he can roll with the punch. I mean, basically, it's a roast. You know, like when they used to do the Comedy Central. <laughs> yeah. That, well, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yes, it's somewhat in between a roast and like a stand-up comedy special. Yes, so, uh, and I love man, I love Joe because unlike Trump, Joe Biden's re- willing to make fun of himself, or yeah. like he—it's not even that he's willing to make fun of himself as much as he's self-aware. Like, yeah, what did Trump do at those things? I didn't. I don't remember. Uh, he didn't. He didn't he go. Didn't one right. He, he didn't, didn't go. I don't think he went to any of them. Okay. After he Remember, was by Obama, I think he was put kind of put off. Yeah. Well, the the entire reason we had a Trump presidency is because by or Obama made fun of him at that one White House correspondence dinner, and then that set us down the path of destruction and ruin that we just oh. narrowly avoided in 2020. So can I ask you guys, what is the escalator that, like, ever since he came down that escalator? Like, what fucking escalator? Like, what are you guys that you, stupid? Like, my kids were playing on an escalator at the mall today for, like, 10 minutes. Like, uh-huh. it's not, anyone can go down an escalator. Well, no, they're talking was, about the, the yeah. escalator at the hotel when he made his uh, announcement like it, it was, was his grand like yeah it was like re it was like a reality tv show bit except it was real life okay yeah. i was just thinking of a clip a video clip of like him going down an escalator and like watching some girl go up I, you I really know. no you haven't seen that you've never seen that video not one time of him, and of him his, coming down an escalator it was his and, grand you know he's no but no he came down the escalator and then he held like a press conference kind of and he was announcing his bid for presidency but he was saying all that fucking crazy shit like the american carnage tour you know <laughs> the the fucking immigrants are destroying our country and raping our white women and kids and build the white no, no that's like the national discourse yeah it's, it's yeah. not good so uh, what were we gonna talk about all right okay. so we're, <laughs> we'll just we'll throw this in the podcast too 
Uh, they can have our pre-show meeting as part of the pod. It's fine. Guys out there listening, I'm sure you don't care. Uh, I'll, I'll even let you hear me count us in. Um, I won't even edit it out. We'll just be like, all right. So that's how they fucking set up the podcast. Um, no wonder it's so disorganized and dysfunctional. Y'all just do whatever. You show up and do whatever. Yes, that's what we do. No, is this I organize and dysfunctional because Ty is usually drunk? No, no, that's not why. <laughs> no, no. So, okay. Also no, that one, that one fun. tweet that you dropped, Carol, then that guy was like, okay, so... This is the rundown. Blah, 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 blah. Can we get drunk Ty? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, and then and then you so kindly obliged him. Okay, I, I'll give the listeners behind a behind-the-scenes peek into the podcast. Um, so I intentionally told them, hey, be as you know, unprofessional as you would like. We'll just make fun of it. We'll just use that. Whatever dysfunction or inappropriate behavior or like unprofessional behavior, we'll just make fun of it on the podcast and we'll use it for content. Boom. So, yeah, there you go. That's that's why we're like this. Uh, it's it's semi-intentional like because I want everyone to feel comfortable and let their hair down and we can just talk and have a conversation because I would like at the end of the day for, you know, even though we're we're sharing like these massive dumps of information and like you know (laughs) yeah you know trump's obsessed with massive dumps after the 2020 election um but no because we're we're providing all this this dense information and and talking about these emotionally charged topics and and all this stressful like political content like it to to kind of counterbalance that out and make it more digestible like I, I would like for, well, I, you know, intend the podcast to sound like some friends talking about this shit over happy hour, right? That, that is the intended vibe. And it's hard to do that if you're trying to sound like CNN or something, some kind of newsroom. Oh, fuck CNN now. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't want to sound like CNN. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an interview, they're going there. You right. know, we're not going to go easy on them. Right. Well, we, you know, like we could oh. attempt to sound like MSNBC, but that wouldn't be entertaining or enjoyable to anyone. You could, you could just turn on NBC, MSNBC yeah. for that. You don't need And us. I changed my mind. If we get someone, I'll be so nice to our interview people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, Colin, our sponsor from Sheets and Giggles. You say the sheets are really awesome and they are. And, but are, are what kind of eucalyptus do we, <laughs> what kind of koalas feeling? That you're taking all the koala food. Uh, uh. And he'll okay. be like, I only agreed to go on your show to be nice. All right. So, uh, all right. More behind the scenes before we actually get started on the real podcast. So, Colin, CEO of Sheets and Giggles, was kind enough to, you know, negotiate a sponsorship with our podcast. Uh, and I told him we actually weren't looking for any sponsors, but I just like Colin. So, yeah, so a couple of things about Colin. Uh, we, we share similar political leanings, you know, for a, a CEO of a company. I would say it's it's very surprising how liberal and left leaning he is and uh, outspoken about it, too. Like, uh, yeah, not, I don't know, know if like you, behind the scenes, but open oh, very much so. So if you follow him on Twitter, uh, I think that's at Colin McIntosh. Uh, 
you know, uh, he he does post about uh, his his he posts his political musings and whatnot. Uh, he's he's very he talks about things in a very polished manner. I mean, I'm sure if you're aware after following me for a number of years, like I'm the opposite. I just be saying shit. I do whatever <laughs> off the cuff. I don't give no fucks on the Twitter. Um, he's more reserved, <laughs> and he he probably doesn't tackle the emotionally charged subjects with quite the flair and fervor that I might. Uh. But man, it's just so nice that and refreshing to see someone who's running a business who's also willing to just like give you straightforward, honest, heartfelt insights on on the you know current political dumpster fire that America is in, and it's just so. With with that being said, I was like, hey man, we don't want your money, but. You know, we'll promote your products just because you're an awesome dude. And, you know, I've I've also heard that his sheets were amazing. So I was like, all right, fine. Just send us a couple goodies. Uh, we'll we'll promote your stuff. We'll build a working relationship. And if somehow in the future you see this as, you know, financially beneficial for you, then like we can work out a real sponsorship. And he was like, yeah, sounds great. I was like, all right, absolutely fucking awesome. We'll build a relationship. And he also says that he would eventually like to get involved in like actually running as a candidate for a political office in the future. And he did ask to, well, <laughs> first of all, Carol was like, well, maybe you should invite him on the podcast. And it was funny because like a week later, he's like, yeah, one day you should have me on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, we'll absolutely get around to that as soon as we figure out how to schedule guests. <laughs> We're going to get on that. Uh, I know you're probably tired of listening to our dumb asses just randomly muse over shit every single week. Um, no, I'm kidding. But well, uh, I, I mean, I did ask I, I guys special announcement. I did ask um u.s congressman patrick ryan to be on our show and he did not even respond so no he's too big for us uh anyway but no we'll eventually <laughs> i mean i would love to have him on the fucking podcast <laughs> but no eventually we'll we'll have some guests on uh i, I got i got a i got a response from his assistant um damon mailer damon <laughs> 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 perfect uh just have uh just tell mailer damon that we'll pencil ryan in um sometime next month great, great, great. all right so again i'll, I'll um I'm, I'll, gonna, I'm gonna be at his house in a couple of weeks should i do like an recording <laughs> hell no we're live <laughs> don't even mention the podcast in his presence please thank you carol don't embarrass us uh no so what i'll do is i'll count us in we'll, we'll... <laughs> well his wife does yes anyway uh, i guess we could have his wife on um no so what i'll do all right i'll count us in rebecca's arms I'll count us in. Uh, we'll do our intro. I'll give our promotion to Sheets and Giggles as per the usual. And then we'll just pick up where we left off right here doing whatever this is. We, we don't actually have to do like like a murderer's row of, of the news digest like we've been doing the previous two weeks. So, all righty. You kids ready? Yes. Ready to go. All right. Three, one, two, three, four. 
Hey, this is D-Knight. This is Carol. This is Ty. And you're listening to the Pardon the Insurrection Podcast, where I assume that two years after the fucking insurrection, I would hope uh, more of the people responsible for the planning and plotting of the insurrection would be going to prison. I mean, it's not quite nearly as close to that as, as I hope, but fingers crossed we're getting there because the Proud Boys trial is wrapping the fuck up. And I'm pretty sure their asses are headed to prison. So we're making progress. And and that's really the one thing that I want most is like just a nonstop steady movement toward fucking consequences. And we're getting that every single week. Um, but before we get to the news, first, I would like to promote our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles, Colin, the CEO. That's my homie. We kicks it now. We cool like that. I don't know if you listen to the, you know, Dan Levitard show, but he was a previously a sponsor of their podcast uh, and has since moved on to sponsor the uh, Greg Cody show with Greg Cody podcast. I don't, I don't know if y'all listen to that sports type shit. That might, I mean, might not be your thing, but we're special enough that, that, he, that he, he's, he's also willing to sponsor us because we're wonderful individuals who hate fucking Republicans and he does too. And his sheets are amazing. So. Uh, make sure you order a set of wonderful sheets from Sheets and Giggles. Also, pick up the eye mask. That thing's fantastic. Uh, if you'd like some swag as well, they got the t-shirts. Uh, he sent us some chapstick. I don't know what he's, he was in trying to apply there. Like, are my lips crusty or something? I don't know. I can tell that from listening to a podcast. But, um, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Colin. Uh, so, we're going to start with the crazy news this week. Um, so, one of the things I think we... We didn't get a chance to pick up on last week was Mike Pence testifying to a grand jury for the special special counsel investigation. Carol, how many in the history of the United States, how many vice presidents have ever testified against their <laughs> former boss in a criminal investigation? I'm going to go with zero. You'd be right. <laughs> Carol wins again, right. damn it! Ding 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 ding! Yeah, so yeah, it uh, never happened before. <laughs> We're breaking. <laughs> Usually, they used to have the decency to resign in disgrace. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because. Uh, I guess the most recent parallel that we have to the Trump administration would be the Nixon administration where everybody was just fucking criming. What Nixon is most known for is the Watergate scandal. Uh, and while that did, I guess, in some ways ensnare his vice president as well, uh, his vice president, Spiro Agnew, he resigned over a totally separate scandal. And, <laughs> yeah, he and, you know. Rachel Maddow had a wonderful podcast about this very subject called or called Bagman. I highly recommend you check that out. It's a few episodes. Time flies when you listen to that thing. It's incredible just listening to that incredible story of, of how they're like, oh, fuck, we're about to get Nixon. But damn, the vice president out here crying too. Holy shit, we got to get his ass about the paint. And, and it was a you know fun adventure going down that rabbit hole. Well, we have a similar situation here where, well, I mean, I guess Trump's no longer in office, but like <sighs> Trump himself is swept up in a criminal invest investigation based on some crimes he committed while he was in his office. 
and it's ensnared his vice president and and not even Spiro Agnew had to testify against Nixon. So congratulations to Trump for again, you know, making history, doing some shit no president has ever done before. Uh, love the winning. So last week on Thursday, Mike Pence finally testified before Jack Smith's grand jury about Trump's 2020 plot to basically overthrow the election after losing it, despite Pence's efforts to claim immunity from having to testify based on the speech or debate clause because he was a member of the Senate on that when, as he was doing his duties, counting the votes on that day. It's a stupid fucking argument. I think we talked about that endlessly on this podcast. We're like, bro, you the fucking vice president. You ain't no goddamn senator. Okay. And we were wrong in part. Uh, the judge actually rules like, well, you know what? Speech or debate clause does apply in this tiny limited scope where you don't have to testify about your actual actions on the floor of the Senate that day. Everything else up for grabs. Take your ass to that grand jury, son. Yeah. Y'all don't remember that? The ruling where the judge was like, yeah. Bro, get in there. Talk, talk, <laughs> talk that shit. Um, do your duty. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that plot failed. And then, you know, of course, Trump decided, hey, I'm going to try and block this testimony with claims of executive privilege. Well, th well, that shit no longer flies. I mean, they've had executive privilege like litigated to death. Uh, actually, that's one of the things you should be thankful that Merrick Garland got a head start on uh, litig litigating the executive privilege claims of officials from the Trump administration early on. In his tenure as attorney general, got that out of the way. So now when Trump tries to throw that fucking spaghetti at the wall, it'll, it'll never stick. Um, anyway, so Pence is considered to be a key witness in the criminal investigation after Trump pressured him into unlawfully rejecting electoral college votes for Biden at the joint session of Congress. And key word there is unlawfully. They all knew it was a fucking fraudulent scheme. Like Biden won the electors that they sent there, the, Certified Bidens when those were legit and Pence knew this and it would have relied on Pence accepting rather certifying a fake fraudulent set of electors to get Trump the victory. And that's one of the things Jack Smith's interested in. Hey, hey, doctor. What this up, y'all? This is my son-in-law. <laughs> What's up, Hello. Hello. We like your hair. It's pretty dope. And your shirt, you got the tie-dye on. Let's fly. <laughs> and I know you, um, I know you kick it like that. And donuts. Carol, I know you appreciate the donuts. On Did his, you also say Simpsons? On his pants. Ooh, I like the Simpsons as well. Oh, Jesus. Okay. He just said he hasn't taken them off in three days. That I didn't need to know. But That's like not sexy. You just, you just got a lot less attractive... <laughs> In like two seconds, by by uh, he had the advantage of us not being able to smell him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Brad Pitt. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's okay, go to continue. Starting weeks after the 2020 election, Trump trying to cajole Pence and helping him versus defeat by using largely his largely ceremonial role. As the presiding officer of the Senate on January 6th to reject legitimate Biden slates of electors and print in his certification. So, yeah. Part of the pressure 
What are you doing? <laughs> are y'all high? <laughs> what are you doing, Daryl? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Did you take an edible? You took an edible, didn't you? Many hours ago, like five hours. Ago. <laughs> I also went down and smoked while Ty was telling a really long-winded story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carol, would you like to describe what it was you were doing with the computer screen? That was your that was your smoke I, time. I was just giving you time. Thank you, Ty. To that go was so smoke, thoughtful. Carol, because I love you. I was, the what I was doing was tilting the camera up so that I could check out my new bra. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, see, you like when you're a soldier, I, it's just, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm dressed oh, that's, so what, that's what this sweatshirt, yeah, the, that's what this sweatshirt reminds me of. I got a Zelensky outfit on. <laughs> Look like a, I'm gonna do like a hot Zelensky dance for you guys. <laughs> okay, they well, can't see that. But I was talking to you and Ty. Visual gags don't really go over well on an audio only podcast for the record. <laughs> Okay, um, I just took an edible, so we probably have like about ninety minutes. Ah, uh, thirty. Uh, so <laughs> the pressure campaign from Trump, <laughs> the pressure campaign involved Trump, but it also came from a number of other officials inside and outside the government, including Trump's lawyer John Eastman. Um, you know, of of notable acclaim from having his phone seized by the FBI. Um, yeah, and- man, the kind of chutzpah and hubris this sort of plan takes. Like they had to just say. Pressure anyone you can, as many people as you can, in as many jurisdictions as you can, just like go threat like as long as like enough people get scared, like there'll be a critical mass. Like that was the plan, right? Just, yeah. Like they no, had to I they agree. their plan had to work systemically. No, S- systematic whatever. S- systematically. Systematically. Yeah, yeah, the the plot to pressure everyone involved was ubiquitous. It just didn't. It was every literally everyone involved in Trump's circle, from like the administration, DOJ. Well, you know, at least John Eastman, of course. And we uh, just barely made it out of that with like just enough people not being so cowards. Okay, okay. Sorry, this is the ther- <laughs> this is also our like our therapy Ther- weekly therapy. Okay, again behind the scenes. This is our weekly therapy session. Like we are struggling to deal with this fucking shit because it's so insane. So part of our weekly therapy session is like venting through discussing these things with each other. But for your personal enjoyment. (laughs) We're all look. Okay. I was going to get to this later. We'll do this now. So I, I, I feel it's difficult to talk about the Trump's rape trial. And, you know, pertaining E. Jean Carroll, it's just a traumatizing experience for that woman. Um, and I, you know, I have a tough time listening to testimony from women talking about their experiences being sexually assaulted as it is. And it just, I feel for women, like it's just an issue men largely are responsible for, but are largely never, largely not the victims of. I mean, it's, Yes, there are some men who are subject to sexual assault, and, and, and that's also a problem, but it's just not nearly at the scale of, of what women have to deal with. But one of the things Terrell te- Carol testified to was like Trump's impact on her life. Like she was just never the same after that. Her her love life was never the same. She um, lost her employment at the time. She was an up-and-coming writer, uh, just, you know, n- never got her life back. 
And and I, um, Eugene Carroll's case, well, it's same like when I was watching the testimony of um, Christine Blasey Ford during Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings. Um, as a survivor of sexual assault, I was raped when I was in college. Um, guy who I didn't know him, never met him. Um, I just got back from Paris. I was at Stephanie's house. We went out, whatever. I go and leave my friend's bed and thing. And her patio door is unlocked and I wake up to a man on fucking top of me. Um, he was the cousin of the next door neighbor. And I guess he saw me and thought he could take what he liked. Um, I totally get, like, I was, I was doing good. I was in college. I was at University of Texas at Dallas. And my fucking GPA went from like 3.0 to like 1.2 because just reconciling and trying to deal with what the fuck happened to me. Like I was a mess and it was such an experience with me. I mean, it ended up going to trial. I went to trial. Um, I probably not the best. I wouldn't um, advise this to anyone. But when I find out that it was the neighbor's cousin, uh, I went home, reached under the mattress, grabbed my 45, and um, went to the house. To <laughs> Yeah. And my friend's like... Well, before you continue on, um, I would say yeah. that given the... Well, we've just come a long way in the past 20 years when, when it comes to, you know... Being more open to the idea of how women respond to these situations, like just there's there's no one correct way to like one of the things about Carol's experience was like she she was questioned on the stand about like, well, why didn't you scream? Well, not everyone's going to scream under those circumstances like stress and and emotionally traumatizing experiences. There's just no one correct way to do things. But, exactly. but if there were such a correct way to go about the situation, um, I would say going to your home under your mattress and grabbing your four or five, I, I approve. <laughs> I, and you know, the, when, the, when I, I went and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I made him do the Michael Jackson. I was like, give me his fucking name. Who the fuck was that? Um, and my, and Stephanie, like, she grabbed the gun and she's like, friend, let's call the fucking police. Thankfully, like um, the main officer that was there interviewing me was she was a woman. And she was very um accepting. They didn't charge me for having the the weapon. Um she just took it. Um, I had the whole everything, rape kit, the whole fucking experience and when we went to when we went to trial like it was put off for about a year and a half so i get carol's like the previous um prosecutor whatever he didn't think there was any validity or what have you but glenn fitzsimmons and i will never forget his name 
when he took back up my case and he prosecuted it to the full. The guy he got um, took a plea, got 10 years. But, you know, I was on the stand and I was grilled, you know, I was partying at a weekend and they tried to paint me as this like, oh, well, you deserved it. You were just this party girl, whatever. And before he got the deal, well, I remember. Can I stop you there real quick? I just not, I don't want to interrupt you, but it's so important to point this out. You can party all the fuck you want to. You still have the right to choose who you share yourself with in that way. And no one should be able to take that from you. So I don't want to hear anyone ever like make well, that. Well, that's how most rape defense lawyers. I mean, I don't know if they're still, I shouldn't say most lawyers, but like they're, there have even had to be laws implemented on like what kind of questions you can ask rape victims in court. Like, right. So, uh, yeah. so I, yeah. breaking my heart. I love you. When they, um, when they came to me with the, the deal to ask if I was okay with it, it was because there were women on the jury that they could see, you know, when they do the like jury, how they're going to, respond or whatever it was the women on the jury that they didn't think would vote to convict because they looked at me and how they you know women judge other fucking women or whatever it didn't matter like that this was a fucking stranger to me who fucking took privilege that he thought he had you know, to take what he wanted. And I will never forget sitting on that stand and they asked, like, you know, do you have anything you want to say? It's like, you know, and I looked directly at him in his face and I said, I didn't know you before that night, but for the rest of your life, you'll remember me. And I got off and walked out of the courtroom. So, but so it really like when I I get there because the judgment and the treatment of women who are victims of sexual assault is fucking disgusting. It's it's fucking disgusting. But I am glad I took it to court. I'm glad he's a registered fucking sex offender. I'm glad that he. That this will be a part of his life, that this, that choice he made, what he decided to do will follow him for the rest of his fucking disgusting life because he deserves it. <laughs> he fucking deserves it. But it's so triggering every time I see and listen to these, the testimony of women like Christine Blasey Ford and Eugene Carroll. Because we deserve better. And these tropes and the way that we're treated when we finally do stand up, it's so gross. And when when I was having the rape kit, they automatically wanted to give me the uh, morning after, you know, pill. And I rejected it. That was my choice, but that's my 
Catholic guilt at the time. I was a Republican, not fucking on board with, you know, abortion, quote unquote, or or whatever, but still processing everything. Like I've got people in my fucking vagina, like to um uh and literally that, you know, when they were talking to me and everything, but I just couldn't, I was like, I can't deal with like that issue like right now. I'm so processing, but that was my choice. And I made that choice. That's what choice is. That's what body autonomy is, you know? And it was, when when I look back and I think back about it and the spiral that I was in, just self-hate, self-loathing, self-blame, it's something I do not wish on anybody. So when people say these things, oh, well, Carol's just doing this to be famous. Who the fuck wants to be famous for that goddamn reason? That's not a goddamn thing. Like, it's not a thing <laughs> for anybody in that situation, period. You know, not, it's not, it's, it's just not, I'm sorry. Okay. Let's carry on. Okay, sorry. Girl, you a fucking champion. <laughs> <laughs> you are so tough and you shouldn't have to be. I'm I'm so sorry. I wish I could give you a hug through the computer screen. I really <laughs> Me too. I love you guys. Thank you. But yeah, you you don't feel like you have any responsibility or any blame to bear in that situation at all. Like you didn't do anything. I <clears throat> Um, let's get back to the news come back from that (laughs) let's get back to the news Carol come back girl how are we supposed to go back how are we supposed to go back to a podcast after that you can blame me everybody listening to the podcast everybody listening to the podcast is just breaking down in tears and like all right, cut the podcast off heartbroken I'm just gonna go to sleep now all right. episode. And that concludes this episode of Pardon the Insurrection. All right, I'll count us in. We'll start all over. Three, Wait. two. Ty, right. I love I, you. I, I, I love you too, Ty. We love you. Fuck that fucker. I'm glad you got his ass. I'm glad they locked his ass up. He had it coming. It's just incredibly, I mean, it's incredibly fucking brave of you. Like, I can only imagine how hard that is. Um, and just it's tough. It's, it's tough. I mean, and look, I was the one of the points I was getting to about Carol uh, and her experience is like, you know, again, like it's difficult for me to fully understand like the the depth of her experience. But the point that she did make was like after Trump, her life was never the same. Um, and in that part, I. I that is the one experience with which I can relate. Uh, and I'm sure the two of you share that sentiment after these past years of, of having Trump in our lives, uh, constantly on the brink of, of ruining our, our country, our democracy, it damn near ruining, um, possibly what's left of democracies around the world. Like, I'll never be the same. Yeah, I totally get that. 
And that concludes this episode of Part of the Insurrection.